Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rabona Podcast. I'm Musa Konga. This is the first podcast of 2019, joined again by the wonderful Michael De Silva and Ryan Hunt. How's it going, gentlemen? It's going well. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year. We're going to be discussing <laughs> where teams need to strengthen. Where do we go from here? The resolutions. That's right. January resolutions mm. for leading teams around Europe. So let's kick off. Who's made the most impressive additions so far? We've got Rabio going to Barcelona by the looks of things. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Pulisic, of course, going to, to Chelsea. Big money. I wanted to talk about that one because I think it's it's a lot of money to spend on a guy who hasn't been performing for much of the last calendar year. They're paying for potential there, Chelsea, clearly. But I just wonder whether they have some idea that Hazard is is like on his way out in the summer and they're trying to beef up their options. But Pulisic could play as an eight. And that's the thing about, he's amazing because he can play further ahead, but he can also play as a deeper line playmaker. Yeah. And he's the kind of midfielder that... Chelsea don't quite have. If you think about it, he kind of bridges the gap between a kind of Jorginho and an attack, a more attacking player, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, th- I think um, if he's signed as anything other than a, a wide player, then it's a mistake because That's interesting. he's not... Uh, He's not in Hazard's class. Not many players are. Right. Um, but if he's being signed as some kind of replacement for Hazard long-term, I think they're barking up the wrong tree. The thing about Sarri is he's so good at redeveloping players. So... The N'Golo Kante experiment seems yep. to be bearing fruit now. Yeah, I just wonder if he's the kind of coach who can bring out elements, qualities that we haven't so far seen in Pulisic. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you saw a couple of seasons ago when he first started playing regularly for Dortmund, right. how exciting a player he was. And that seems to have been you know, stifled a little bit by the development of Sancho, who's been stealing minutes off him, really. Sancho Corner. Yeah. Sancho Corner getting early. <laughs> but there's definitely an amazing player in there, I yeah. think. And I think that actually somewhere like Chelsea, if he was going to move to the Premier League, it's probably a decent move for him because I think he will play. Mm. Right. I'm not sure if he would at any other of the top four so much. I don't think he'd probably play at United. Mm. I don't think he'd probably play at City. And there's talk of Liverpool going in for him, given the clock connection. But yeah, but I, again, I just don't see him starting regularly for Liverpool. I, I think, would, I, I, I think I could, he would start for United for sure. Sorry, I said top four. 
Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so we're doing that. That's what we're Because <laughs> wow. we didn't have this sort of partisan mentality last year. So no, I'm really a... sorry. No, I'm no, really no, no, sorry. Don't, don't listen, listen, listen. I, I did don't... mention United. That is my bad. The horse is bolted. The horse is bolted. <laughs> oh, no. so. That's interesting. Sorry, just... We when hadn't... Zidane comes in at United next season, I'm sure he would have been fine. I'm sorry to call you <laughs> up on this. We, we just didn't... I'm sorry, listeners. We didn't have that degree of aggression. We had a sort of a non-aggression pattern. That wasn't aggression. It's gone up well... Well, raised voices. Come on, you kind of left the... You, that was an open goal. You laid it on a plate for me. Yeah, he's, he's only talking facts here. Oh. Okay. Do you know what? Do well, you know he's what? doubled down on that. That's really mean. Wow. Do you know what? Let's Listen, let, let me... When, when uh, As Michelle Obama said, when, when they go low, we go high. Um, uh, we've just lost all our subscribers, now, I think. Pul- <laughs> <laughs> when Pulisic... When, when I first saw Pulisic, Pulisic play, I think it was against Real in a group game of the UEFA Champions League. And what struck me there was actually his decision-making in traffic, like, you know, mm. in, in the mix of the, of the pitch, and like what they call in Barcelona, the interior, like yeah. the, the, the inside players. So I thought to myself, this is a guy who can control the tempo of a game mm. at high speed when his team is chasing from the middle of the pitch. And I, you know, almost like a kind of like Ross Barkley, what Ross Barkley should be. He has a very sharp mind, like with mm. the ball at his feet. There's right. no doubt about that. And he's got all of the tools, like, you know, speed, awareness. He's he's a very exciting player. And as I say, they've they've paid for that potential and hopefully mm. Sarri is the guy that can unlock it. My concern with him is 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 the sense of apathy almost, like the the ease with it with which he's just kind of accepted that he's no longer the first choice. Right. And that Sancho is just the guy now and that's it. Like I would have wanted to see Pulisic fight a lot harder for his place and there's definitely space in that team for the both of them um I know Royce comes into it and Alcacer has scored lots of goals as well but I if I'd be if I was a Chelsea fan I'd be I'd be concerned at that mental fragility um and I'd like to see a bit more. I wanted to see a bit more fight from Pulisic because, as someone who has a bit of a soft, soft spot for Dortmund, I wanted to see them move forward with Royce, um, Alcasa, Sancho, and Pulisic. I think those four have the potential right. to be devastating. And to see Pulisic on the bench for so long um, this season and the end of last, it's um, it's a bit concerning. Is that? Down to Pulisic, though, or is that basically Dortmund getting an offer and making a call? Because I suppose that if they've agreed for him to go, it's not really it's like a great him. deal for Dortmund. Yeah, like I don't think that he, I don't think they would say, "Listen, do you want to go?" No, I think no, it's like it's... when that money's on the table, they're like, "Right, we've accepted it." And then yeah. if they've, if your club has accepted a, an offer for you, then you're like, "Well, I'm going to go. I'm not getting minutes." Absolutely, it's I a, think great, if, it's a think... great deal for Dortmund. It's a, it's a, a good deal for Pulisic. I just think Chelsea of the three parties involved um, may not have done the best out of it. This is why, this is like you said before about wondering whether they have got wind of uh, a big sale coming up Mm. for them because they've been really good at selling in the last few years, Chelsea. They've completely, you know, switched their model really. Mm, Absolutely. Um, And, um, you know, they've, they've, they've sold especially well to China. So I, (laughs) you know, I wonder if maybe they have an idea that Hazard might go yeah. Right. I think if he is going to go, I mean, this isn't really on the running order or whatever, but I think if he is going to go, I think this this season mm. or the end of this season is probably the optimal point for him to go. Mm. And for Madrid, actually. And for Real. They really yeah. need him. They was really it 27, 28 now? I think if he is going to go and have a, a real impact at somewhere like Real, mm. 
especially with his kind of skill set, I think he needs to go soon. And so, anyone that saw Real losing to Sociedad, I mean, that team is not a team with ideas and attack. Mm-hmm. They don't have yeah. attacking complexity, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, we can get onto that a little bit if you want. I mean, it, I mean, the the problem I think at the moment is even against Sociedad yesterday, they left Isco on the bench. Solari's not been playing Isco a lot, and it's causing a lot, I think, of confusion in Madrid. They've obviously lost a, a massive star since Cristiano Ronaldo's gone and they've also lost a hell of a lot of goals. Mm. Right. You know, if you think of someone in Europe who would be potentially available, Hazard's very guy, creative right? yeah. and a goal scorer, it's, it's, it's him really. Yeah. It's a funny thing with uh, Real because Zidane was there and his job was kind of to do almost like a Del Bosque, man-manage this incredible talent mm. in the squad. But now that Ronaldo's left and the team is no longer configured around him, you've got this strange situation where players are now playing below their best and Solari is not a great tactician and he's being exposed, routinely being exposed. Like he's not a great coach and this is a challenge for Real as well um, in relation to who they hire next. I think when you have a team like Real, the balance of that squad meant that Zidane was the perfect guy for that job because you just needed, especially after the managers they had had before Zidane, Mm. You know, you just needed someone to come in who, A, the players would listen to, right? massively respect. You know, I mean, who wouldn't listen to what Zenedin Zidane has to say if you're a, a current player? Right. But unfortunately, I think a lot of that revolved around or relied upon having players like Ronaldo in that squad. Mm. If you've taken someone like Cristiano Ronaldo out, you then need someone to come in with real ideas and a different kind of manager to Zidane to then bring the whole level of the squad up because they've kind of been relying on how good they are. Right. You know? I mean, there's no doubt about it at the moment. They're coasting. They're fifth now. You know, Alaves have gone above them in the table into the Champions League spot. And this is deep into the season. This isn't September. There's parallels there between Real Madrid and Manchester United though, right? In many yeah. in many respects. That they've kind of turned to a former player to, you know, instill yeah. yeah, some kind of reminder of what the club is about. Mm-hmm. Um and they're both clubs are now looking forward to next season it's almost like this season is, is kind of a writer yeah. I mean I would be very surprised if Solari's in charge next season I think the only reason he's in charge now was because they got to the end of the 14 yeah. day deadline in Madrid where they had to confirm as a, as a permanent manager mm. um, they have a rule in La Liga that any manager that's there that longer than that has to be a permanent manager Yeah. so I, I can't see that that um, that being a long term I think when we're talking about you know more generally strengthening a squad um and that includes replacing players. The biggest mistake you can make when you're getting rid of an iconic player is to try and replace them. You have to reconfigure the entire Absolutely. attack or midfield. So, you know, when Roy Keane left, Manchester United bought Michael Carrick and some of the responsibilities that Keane had were shared out among other people. Mm. And I think that's a real problem when people, I mean, unless, you, unless you're Juventus and you're getting rid of Baggio because you've got Del Piero waiting. It is almost unprecedented in world history to have a footballer who is perfectly suited to the role. Yeah. That succeed, you know, uh, Baggio, I, I can't think of a better fit than Del Piero succeeding Baggio. And I think, generally speaking, when you're replacing a player of Coutinho's quality, you know, anyone else like Ronaldo, you've got to just divide up the jobs. And the challenge that Rail have is Bale does not have, he's a best supporting actor, but he's not necessarily the the lead of that attack. Mm. Benzema's finishing is coming under the spotlight now and it was horrible against Sociedad. And Benzema, I think, has always had that thing where he's wonderful as a kind of, in his approach play, as a support striker, but he's not the person you want as your main striker. There's a reason why Benzema's been there so long and never been the main nine 
at Real. I mean, Iguain was there. And, does that make sense? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, should we move from Real Madrid to Barcelona and of talk course, about yeah, a player that you mentioned at the start, Rabio? Yeah, absolutely. He's made a, a move from PSG. Has um, that been confirmed now? Or is yeah, it basically pretty conf- much confirmed for all, the but, summer, I believe. Right. What do you make of that? Interesting one. A little disappointed. I was hoping that he would he would look at North London. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved him at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no doubt he's a very good player. He's not necessarily the player that I expected Barca to to sign, but I think he could be a. I think he Barca need a player like him who can control midfield. Right. Um, they've they've obviously uh, been struggling a little bit in that. In that area, to some extent, um, in replacing Xavi and Iniesta, um, I think Rakitic is painfully underappreciated. Right, right. But then you've you've got a guy like Rabia who I think can really offer Barca something. So I think it's an interesting signing. I don't know how much they paid for him though. It's um, not a lot. I will find out one second. It's yeah. weird because they were looking for Frankie De Jong, weren't they? But then what's mm. happened with that? Like he's gone elsewhere. He's being lined up by somebody else, isn't he, Frankie De Jong? Yeah, he hasn't moved yet, but he's but but, but someone else is ahead, of, which is strange yeah. because. He was something where, if you look at the sort of Barcelona fans on sort of social media and yeah. the bloggers and the podcast, Frankie de Jong was the guy they wanted. Yeah. And I look at someone like Rabio and I just think to myself, I'm slightly underwhelmed by it. Yeah. And I tell you why, there's two reasons behind that. The first thing is that his form has kind of stagnated a bit. Mm. And the other thing I was, he's a very good player, Rabio. He's mm. kind of, I think, like a sort of understudy to Rakitic mm. in terms of the amount of work he'll do. He'll, you've got Arthur, who's the kind of chabby light, who's going to sew together the midfield. And, mm. and Rabio is more of a kind of like elite water carrier who can do a bit of everything. He's basically kind of seven and a half, eight out of 10 and Like a Thiago at Chelsea. Do you remember like Thiago back in the day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like a, maybe a, um, a Marquisio type player. Yeah. So I guess the concern is, is he going to raise the level of Barca? Right, that's how I, the other, the other reason concern is because Valverde might be out the door mm. in summer because he's, the intimations he's making, it sounds like he might be coming to the end of his time there. So do you really want a player like Rabio and you're not sure who's going to develop him coming in? Mm. You know, if, if you're going to have a manager leaving in the summer, Shouldn't you buy a midfielder who's like more fully formed? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, it's a bit of a different tack though because they signed, they spent quite a lot of money on midfielders in the summer, mm. um, just gone. And um, so Rabiot is joining on a free transfer, but for a signing on fee of 10 million euros. Right. And he is only 23. That's a and, good amount. I mean, I remember him against when he played against Chelsea a couple of years ago in the Champions League and he completely dominated midfield. Right. And I've been quite surprised how his stock has kind of fallen over the last couple of years actually because when he was 19 20 he looked like he was going to be one of the best midfielders in europe yeah. right and i'm wondering whether maybe a change of scenery might unlock that for him i think he's someone who could actually play instead of Bushgets at, at barca as well because Bushgets hasn't been in the greatest form of his life this season no by any means no. there's sometimes that is the problem with barca's midfield is they have no direct real replacement for Bushgets. and i think in la liga in that setup i think rabio could the only quite weird play thing that. about that is that the only weird thing about that and that's a very interesting analysis and i've heard i think um Kevin Williams on Twitter is referring to something similar. The only thing that's slightly concerns about that is you've got um, PSG playing this 4-2-3-1. You've got Verratti and Marquinhos at the base midfield. Now Marquinhos is basically playing ahead of Rabio in that kind of defence midfield position, which implies that defensively Rabio isn't Mm. up to that scratch and that that's the only concern i have about that because i've heard people saying like rabio can hold midfield but maybe in a midfield three where you've got this brief where you can do a bit of attacking a bit of defending mm. that's a better fit for him i don't know it's an important move for rabio though because he he was part of the man city academy wasn't he and then he moved 
from City to to PSG, I believe. I don't think there was anyone in between. It's funny because he was excellent against PSG, against um, City, sorry, in the Champions League. Yeah. He was one of the sort of standout players. Yeah. And they faced him a couple of years ago. Yeah. So he's got, you know, he's been at... Good shout. Yeah, he's, he's been at a couple of big clubs and, you know, hasn't made it at various levels. And he's, how old did you say? 22? 23. 23. So it's a... Uh, Probably the most important movie he's going to make. It's career. a Daniel Sturridge thing, isn't it? How Daniel Sturridge <laughs> went to like, you know, like Sturridge is yeah. like he's too, always the head of his academy, yeah, yeah. but never quite found his sort of natural place. Yeah. I mean, it looks like De Jong is going to go to PSG, which is why they've probably cleared space. Oh, right. I see. Um, I'm, I'm personally, I would not like to see that. I'm a big fan of De Jong and I think it's a real shame that, that someone like him and De Ligt will potentially go to someone like PSG now. Right. Um, I'd really love to see them make a different move. It's not a move you really see that much anymore. Mm. But I, I mean, I mean, I would quite like to see them, and I'm not sure what the club would be, but not quite a PSG. Or I know that Tottenham Madrid are looking yet. at Delit actually, um, because Alderweireld has extended his, um, or Tottenham have extended his contract for another year. But that's only to gonna, sell him, right? To sell him, yeah, yeah it's going to trigger a 25 million pound release clause. Mm. Um, so Alderweireld would leave Spurs this season. Um, or this this year, this calendar year. I think Delit out of the two of them is the one that would potentially go to a Spurs or an Arsenal or even maybe yeah. Germany. Yeah, you know right, what I mean. Right. Um, I think De Jong has got almost too much hype about him, and he's so good in midfield that I think he's yeah. he's the one who, if one of them was going to go for mega mega money, yeah, I think it will be De Jong. I think out of the two of them, as much as I love Frankie De Jong. I think Delit is is would be an incredible signing for someone like Delit is legit. Oh, you're not. Yeah, I mean, what Spurs, Spurs, you know, <laughs> losing Alderweire, arguably their best centre back. Right. You know, I mean, I wouldn't even very. Arguably. I wouldn't even dream of sticking Arsenal in the conversation <laughs> for that. But I would love to see someone like Delit at Arsenal. You know, yeah. and then it's maybe we could get onto Premier League stuff. But there's definitely an, an area where Arsenal are crying out for a signing. I could see Alderweire going to Manchester United actually. Yeah, um, he wanted to go a couple of years ago. He right? did, yeah, and it never. It, I think it was even last summer. But yeah, Pot- Spurs wanted to to keep hold of him, but the the, the um will that the be pro- with Potch? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's, that's another no story altogether. Yeah, that's that's another podcast. <laughs> but there's a there's a, a development with one Foyt as well that is um is more rapid than I think mm-hmm. even Pochettino realised. So I think Spurs are more willing to to part with Alderweireld and twenty five million. I mean, it's not a great amount, but he's, he's, 31 though, he's, right? he's getting on, yeah. So. I mean, it's rare that defenders over 30 go for yeah. mega money, right? Right. Yeah. right. Um, but, actually, I wanted to ask you about Foyt because he's shown some really, really good signs, but yeah. also he's had a couple of quite high-profile games where he's really struggled. Yeah. Do you think he's going to really develop into a mainstay at Spurs? Yeah, there's a lot. There's high hopes for him at Tottenham, and I think rightly so I mean I've seen quite a lot of him over the last few weeks and one of the gr- really good things about Pochettino is that he just he he puts his faith in young players regardless of the mistakes they may, may make and he's done that with Carl Walker-Peters and he's doing that with Foyt the first game that Tottenham played at Wolves he uh, Foyt made a you know, a couple of pretty bad errors gave away a penalty. One of them was actually Trippier's fault that he was trying to cover for him. But yeah, Foyt has has um, has made some errors, but he's bounced back, and mm. there's a lot of potential there. And against Tranmere in the FA Cup a few few days ago, okay, with the greatest respect, it's it's Tranmere, but he was absolutely dominating centre back. So I think there's a lot to come from Foyt. And Spurs are doing this, you know, they're they're bringing through a lot of young players, and there's a lot being made about Tottenham not signing players and not spending too much and there is something to be said for that. But, you know, you look at Gazaniga, the goalkeeper, he's 
uh, risen above um, Michel Vorm as the mm-hmm. uh, understudy for for Larice. And to be honest, I don't think it's going to be too long until Gazaniga replaces no, um, mm. uh, Larice. And he is from Murphy, the same town as as Pochettino in Argentina. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, he's like they they have a family connection. Ah, so that's how he was signed. Nepotism. Foy, yeah. I love that. Foy is also Argentine, and Pochettino was alerted to him by some scouts and friends. There's also guys like Oliver Skip who are coming through, 18 years old. Played in defensive midfield, but played so many forward passes in in that FA Cup game against Tranmere. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's Spurs are kind of turning to their academy in a way that I haven't seen from many clubs, maybe since Manchester United in the nineties. It's Spurs Project Youth, it's like really for exciting. new stadium, really yeah, exciting. and like, and yeah. you know, I mean, to be honest though, I think that the the core crop of youngsters coming through at Spurs is a lot stronger than it was when mm. uh, from Arsenal a footballing were doing point of view. Thing. This is the thing from a footballing point of view, I would like to see Pochino stay at Spurs. Mm-hmm. I want to see him develop those players. And mm-hmm. I say that, you know, forget my own affiliations with clubs. Mm-hmm. I just love to see that happening. And you contrast that with Manchester City, who may be releasing Bram Diaz mm-hmm. to Real Madrid. And Bram Diaz was a player that Guardiola absolutely raved about. Yeah. And my concern there is because I, I read a piece about this and it was City saying, well, yeah, okay, they got Sancho wrong, but, you know, mm-hmm. everyone else they're happy to have got rid of. And I'm like, I think that's kind of PR because... How could you be happy to have released Sancho? How yeah. could you really realistically, yeah. even as good as Riyad Mahrez has been, Sancho has been extraordinary at the highest level and you know has dismantled some of the best defences across Europe. Absolutely. Dismantled so, them. As soon as City signed Mahrez, you knew Diaz was going to go. Mm. And also it completely put to bed any questions about Sancho moving to Dortmund mm. because but, he would just never, ever get anywhere near that squad. Yeah, And look at where he is now. He's ahead of a lot of senior England wide players as well. His uh, Sancho's value right now, if Pulisic is worth 64, I mean, Sancho's worth 128. And you, Yeah, you add, he, the, he premium, really you add the, pre- the, the English premium on top as well mm. if English clubs want to sign him. Yeah. Put it this way, if you put Mares at Dortmund, I'm not sure Mares has that season. Like, if you look at what Sancho has done, and we, we talk about this guy a lot, but to score a winning goal against Schalke, yeah. in Schalke, yeah. in the last, what, 10, 12 minutes yeah. of a game like that? Given the after, week he had given, had. Given, yeah. Honestly, this is another, this player is on this another level. Clutch. He is a supreme <laughs> attacking talent, not young attacking talent. He's a supreme attacking talent. Yeah. And the concern I have with City is, you know, the talk about giving youth a chance. I know that Phil Foden's played in midfield. It reveals a slight insecurity because Bram Diaz is not the kind of player that you get rid of. That is a, mm. He is a generational talent. Well, this is, I think, the problem that you're seeing now at the top end of the Premier League in terms of the real impact of the increase in revenue. Right. And you are seeing that the margins are so minutely small compared right. to what they used to be. Right. You could take a chance one season by selling a, a senior winger and replacing them with a youngster. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to bring it back to Arsenal, but when Arsenal were at their peak under Arsene Wenger, they sold Patrick Vieira and built the team around Cesc Fabregas, mm. who was a kid. Yeah. I just couldn't see a Premier League side doing that nowadays, that, like, who, who were competing for the championship because it's just the margins are that small. We've like, seen this before. This reminds me of Milan in the 90s, mid-90s, when they bought all those... I mean, Ajax win the Champions League, and Milan and Barca just like scoop up that squad. Yeah. And they put Davids and Cliver on the bench for like, 
Clivert's mm. won a Champions League, and, yeah. and you know, and it's actually it's wild if you think about it now. Except I mean, for Sadorf, who went to Sandoria. Well, this yeah. was Moose's favourite ever transfer. Yeah. I just love it because it's so intelligent. You've not yeah. mentioned it today. I'm glad we got that mentioned. <laughs> Sadorf to Sampdoria. like that. That is just when you see a move like that, you're like, that is a yeah, that is a chess move right there. Uh, let's have a quick break. Let Musa calm down after all that Sampdoria and Sadorf talk. <laughs> So, yeah, just getting back from the break, I want to quickly talk about Pochettino. Um, <laughs> you're laughing at me again. <laughs> Everyone's laughing at me this week. Viewers, listen, do you know what? <laughs> laughing um, with you. Yeah, with no, you well, we can't tell. We can't tell. We'll, we'll tell. I can tell. <laughs> so, um, Pochettino, the job he's doing at Spurs, reminds me of, well, not that I was that sentient back then, but Bobby Robson at Ipswich. Very innovative, doing incredible work, both in you know the, the English first division, but also in Europe, with a squad really that was recruited at not that that higher cost, mm, yeah. and just getting the best out of players under his watch. We play like John Walk, for example. Yeah, and I the reason I want to see Pochettino stay there, and I keep hammering this home, is because we just don't get to see managers reach their peak yeah. at clubs, which are, it's almost like you know, I suppose um, Simeone at Atletico Madrid. They've got a fair bit of money at Atletico, but compared mm. to their rivals, not that much. I mean, they've got a third the wage bill of Barca. And it's just something really exciting about watching someone like Pochino build up a great institution like Spurs there's into a, the, the club they should be. There's a great Bobby Robson documentary on Netflix, by the way. If right. you guys... Yeah, I fully recommend that. Yeah. But be prepared because I... I don't think I've cried that much in a long time. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's quite so, yeah. it's quite emotional. I think times. if you know the story as well, and you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Bobby Robson more than a manager. It's on Netflix now. It's a very special it. human being, Bobby Robson. But, oh, I yeah, think, yeah. but I think you're right. Like how how Pochettino develops players. It's like it's what a coach should be. You know, right, what a top class coach should be making good players great and in some cases making bad players good yeah <laughs> right, right, right. um the thing about sorry to jump jump right. in but like the thing about pochettino that makes me hope that he stays there is that i think now everything in top end football is so accelerated that you rarely see um players or managers complete a cycle right you know and for me this cycle for pochettino and spurs is nowhere near complete yet yeah. right. and they've got you know, as an Arsenal fan, it kind of pains me to to say this, but as a neutral, you look at Spurs and there is definitely something going on there in mm. terms of like something special or something you can potentially see happening. So I, I think that the it would just be good to see as a football fan, mm. Pochettino continue that into the new stadium for at least a few more years yeah. to see what he can turn that into you know and it might go completely wrong you never know because it is a hard transition to make and especially now with the stadium costing so much money but it would be a shame to not ever find out Mm, what that kind of story ends like it's frustrating also to for people to constantly say well he's not going to be a success until he wins a trophy like is a league cup win going to suddenly make him a great we already know he's a great coach Right. Like he's already did working wonders. As a Spurs fan, I would like to, it would be nice to celebrate an FA Cup or something, but that doesn't define him, you know? No. Yeah, I think the times have changed and, the, and it's also relative to whatever club you support. So say, for example, if you're a Southampton fan, mm. winning an FA Cup or a League Cup 
would be something they would genuinely want yeah. because it's not going to affect their Premier League campaign. Yeah. You know, but for Spurs, They're going deep in the some... FA Cup or the League Cup could, you know, they've got this this two-legged semi-final coming up for yeah. the League Cup, which could potentially come at a really bad time for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the, the, t- the same thing happens with Klopp. The talk about, oh, yeah, mm. but he hasn't won any trophies at, and whatever. Right. It's like, it's a mm. different thing. It's a different thing now. And the real question, actually, with all these people go, oh, my Klopp, uh, Klopp hasn't won, Pochettino hasn't won. You say to any of these people, <laughs> Would you like to manage your club? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would yeah. literally, they would yank off any body part of yours that was closest. Yeah, yeah. They would, let's just not even get into like, oh, yeah. you know, it's just talk. It's just, yeah. but before I, am, before I forget, I want to talk about the potential transfer of Aaron Ramsey to Juventus. Mm-hmm. And I like that for so many reasons. It's just such a cool move. Yeah. Because what I love about it for Ramsey is it's not that he needs the validation, but it's basically to everybody else that this guy's an elite player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I love about him is, again, we talked about Marquiso before, he just has that thing, Rams, where he's got the kind of the complete skill set for a midfielder. Yeah. And so you can slot him into that Juventus midfield alongside Pjanic, and it will just, you can just see it rolling on. So Is that smoothly. going to be a midfield three of Pjanic, Matuidi, and Ramsey? Ooh. You wouldn't want to face them in a bar fight. <laughs> Pjanic <laughs> you know what? started. Ramsey is handy as well. Like Pjanic everyone thinks he's a, bit of a, he's a bit of a choir boy, but he, yeah. you know, he decked Van Persie in the dressing room once uh, when Van Persie was captain. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. And Ramsey was, I think, <laughs> 20. Wow. Do you know what it is? Ramsey's got a bit of the Andy Murray about him. You know, the yeah. kind of guy who, like, he's got yeah, this kind yeah. of like slightly sort of spiky. There's a lot going on up there, but he doesn't say that much. When he speaks, it's like. Definitive. And also, he's yeah. absolutely stacked. Like, if you, <laughs> if you see him play, he's hench. But there's tough, a there's a rich heritage of um, Welsh players at Juventus as well with ah, John yeah, Charles, Ian Rush. It would be really nice to see Aaron Ramsey continue that. Yeah, and I think he's, show. yeah, I think you're right about validation as well. Like, he doesn't need it, but. We want to see it. Yeah, you know? because it's just like it puts him on the map. And yeah. he's, we, know, we know how good Ramsey is, but he could fit, it's to his credit, he could fit into any elite midfield. He mm. could put him at Madrid now. God knows they need a player like that, actually, yeah. because they look a bit sluggish. Casemiro, mm, they need to knit that midfield. That's very better. true, actually. Uh, well, I thought, I thought he would go there, actually. Yeah. I thought he would go to either Madrid or Barcelona. I thought the you know being mates with Gareth Bale, I think, would have had a big thing about it, and I could have imagined them two yeah. both playing for Real. I mean, uh, you know, I wrote a piece for Rabona about this not too long ago, about when the news came out that his contract wasn't getting extended, and at the time, it was as bad business as it is to let a player like that go for free or mm. to let his contract get to this situation. You could kind of understand the move, and I kind of stand by that. I think he's always. He's always said that he wanted to play abroad at some point in his career. He's Mm. 28 years old now. At the time, and even since then, it's clear that he doesn't quite seem to fit into what Emery wants a midfielder to be. And you've seen that with Mesut Ozil as well. He's not being used that high. And I think, you know, there's a lot of rumours about Arsenal going after Eva Benega and potentially Denis Suarez, two players who Emery has had and knows and trusts. So if Am Ramsey was going to leave Arsenal, you'd like to see, you know, a 50, 60 million pound fee for him or something like right. that. Yeah. But I think for both parties, maybe in terms of the actual, you take the, the financial out of it, right. I think you can understand how it's it kind of makes sense. I mean, he's never, ever been a consistent dominating performer yeah. for Arsenal. He had that brilliant season when um, in 2013-14. Yeah. It was his best scoring season. You know, he scored the winner in the FA Cup final, which ended mm. the trophy drought. He then scored another winner against Chelsea in the FA Cup final. He's always been super divisive though. And I think that the the, the reality is somewhere in the middle. He's a really brilliant player. Right. I wish he'd been more consistent. I think every game he plays now for Arsenal, like against Blackpool the other day, uh, West Ham at the weekend, is like, I don't know, 
there's his everyone's all of a sudden going to be like oh my god Ramsey yeah, Ramsey, yeah. Ramsey Ramsey everyone's just every Arsenal fan seems to be letting every performance just like seep into yeah. their pores I wanted to ask you about about what the plan is for for Arsenal under Emery because he's making some big calls you know if he's letting Ramsey go he's not playing Ozil um, Lacazette now isn't starting so often um, I think the the Lacazette thing is a little bit easier to explain is that Arsenal don't, don't have, have numbers up front yeah, yeah. as well and yeah, I think course. that the worst thing that could happen now is either Lacazette or Aubameyang getting injured Yeah, because Arsenal goal scoring wise are fine yeah. I think they're scored the third most goals in the league yeah. or something it's defensively that is really really letting Arsenal down what do you think the plan is for the midfield though because you've got Denis Suarez potentially coming in you mentioned Benega there Torreira's obviously formed a, a key part of midfield and you've got Guendouzi as well what kind of midfield do you think he's trying to build I think he's trying to build a three so I think he's trying to have Torreira plus two mm. um, I think he'd like someone a little bit more dynamic than Xhaka Mm. Although I think Jacker gets a little bit more stick than he deserves. I think he you've noticed when he's been moved at times to centre-back this season how much our, uh, Arsenal's midfield has suffered. Mm. Uh, him, and Gwen, uh, him and Torreira sorry, have a pretty good partnership going. Mm. Guendouzi's still very raw. Yeah. I think he will be amazing, but he's still very, very raw. Yeah. And, you know, the, he was playing League 2 mm. not too long ago. Mm. Uh, and he's only 19 years old. I think the main thing about Arsenal at the moment is that their wage bill is huge. Um, it, right. it, with the Ozil contract extension he's a top earner right he is the yeah the highest earner also they signed on Bamiang in January for I think he's on 200 grand a week right. and they swapped Alexis for Mkhitaryan but Alexis's contract was 130 grand a week Mkhitaryan came in for 200 grand a week oh my goodness wow so, really yeah so their, their their wage bill hit 2 million for the first time ever and they desperately need to offload wages okay so I think that um, maybe people like Suarez and Benega wouldn't command yeah. as high wages as maybe a, a Ramsey contract extension would, which is potentially part of the, the reason behind it. I think that if maybe... The problem is, sorry to kind of go on too long about this, but I think the Ozil deal was done very much by Gazidis mm. and then Gazidis left. Mm. I think that if it was fully controlled by Mizdentat and Raul Sanyei and Husfami, mm. the main kind of three at Arsenal now, mm. I... I would be very surprised if the same deal was offered. I think I actually think Ramsey would probably get offered a. Where deal. does Ozil go though? Where does Ozil? There's no natural place for him. There's not at a top team anywhere really. Like when I say top team, like you know, top three teams any league in Europe. Uh, I no think depending place. on who Manchester United get as their new coach, Ozil could be an option for them. Mm. I think they're too I think, stacked up front. I think too many people up front. The thing about Ozil, it's a it's a really curious situation because Arsenal. Are desperately lacking some creativity at the moment mm. and anyone who really understands football has never really questioned Ozil's ability mm. I don't think I think that the problem with Ozil now is that tactics have, have changed to a point where you kind of need more you look at Bernardo Silva as a prime example right I think that you need so much more from your creative midfielders now I think maybe if he had come to Arsenal when an Emery was manager then I think he may have developed a little bit more in that way. I think Wenger loved him so much. And it was there's all of these things about him being the teacher's pet, getting extra days off, all this kind of thing. And pe but people allowed him that because he was quite, you know, a, a, he was a, he was arguably the biggest signing that Arsenal made since Dennis Burkamp. Mm. Um in terms of stature at that time. Yeah. I think the problem is now that he this, the conditions almost have to be too perfect for him to be 
10 out of 10. It's the Mario Goetze problem. There's no natural place for a purely creative midfielder in most mm. of these teams, mm. unless you have flying wingers, two incredibly robust defence midfielders, mm. and a number 10, like a kind of Van Nistelrooy yeah. or a Roy Mackay type figure I mentioned earlier, then you have Ozil to float in behind him. But I actually think that Arsenal have played a system this season where you would, you would see the best out of Ozil. Yeah. Um, and it was actually that system against Spurs, a game that he didn't play in, but um, Emery made a tweak in the second half where he brought Aaron Ramsey on and played the him behind Lacazette and Aubameyang. Mm. And Aubameyang and Lacazette basically pulled wider than you would expect centre-forwards to do, right. which just freed up the middle mm. for Ramsey to break. And that's where Ozil is his most dangerous, running through the middle of the pitch with the ball, you know, with two players like that around him. Yeah. So I do wonder if maybe there is a way to get him back in the side and get him firing, but he needs to get fit first, basically. Right. Just move it on yeah. to um, another signing. Solanke um, has gone to Bournemouth. Right. For uh, 17 million, I believe. From Liverpool, right? Now. Yeah. Um, what do we think about that? Do you think it's a, uh, do we think he's he's got the perfect platform to fulfill his potential or is he going to be another Jordan Ibe? <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Well, someone had to. <laughs> Interesting because Bournemouth is a very well coached club, but experiencing a strange period of flux at the moment, conceding a lot of goals, yeah. but also they need goals. I mean, they, they're scoring pretty freely as well. So yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt that they're able to find a place for them in their kind of rotation. Yeah. And I think it's a nice club to be at. It's a great platform to mm. build your career up. Mm. Uh, it's funny because he's the kind of player, if you look at someone like Wolves, Wolves need a player like that. They need more goals. Mm. You know, all that Wolves are really lacking are a kind of goal scorer. So I wonder if, other clubs are looking at someone like that now and going, oh, I wish we could have put in a bid for him or because yeah. he's obviously got all the, all the gift there is. Yeah. But there's also a wider point, which is that Liverpool need to kind of, you know, shed some players. Mm -hmm. And their model actually, in terms of bringing in uh, players and selling is pretty good. Like under the new owners, they've really got their <clears throat> business model together in terms of recruitment and selling. So yeah, yeah. they're lifting It's a decent fee for him. It's good well. for, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I mean, you see the... The fees linked with Hudson Odoi from Chelsea to uh, Bayern. Yeah, that's that's kind of the value that you would put on him, really, as yeah. well. But um, Chelsea seem to want forty million for him, <laughs> yes. which is wild. And if I would be very surprised if Bayern pay that because it would be a transfer record for them. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, going back to Slanky, I think there's something a little bit odd about Bournemouth. They're confusing me a bit. They definitely need to change some personnel. I think they definitely need to strengthen in midfield and in defence. Yeah. And I think that I don't think we'll really be able to see the true value of that Solanke signing until they do that. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, because they're just shipping so many goals. I think they've conceded 15 goals in the last four games. It's a tricky, tricky situation at Bournemouth for a club that size. Mm. You know, I think Eddie Howe's doing amazing work there. He yeah. remains a fascinating manager, Eddie Howe, just very quickly, because he, again, what you wonder with something like that, where next, actually? Hoffenheim. We've said it before. <laughs> Sorry. The hipster's choice. Sorry, Michael, you have to say something. No, I mean, I think... about uh, to say Hoffenheim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think... Uh, but I don't want to say one thing about how and then think another for Pochettino. Mm. Um, but I, there is going to come a time when a, he's going to need to to make that step. Is he going to have to win a trophy? I, uh, <laughs> I'd like to see a big club take a, take a... It's not even a gamble because I think he's proved himself um, yeah. capable of making that next move. Yeah. But still... I just can't see a Manchester United signing him. But he is the kind of coach that I think could move United forward. Yeah, I think if Howe 
was German and coaching in the Bundesliga, a club of similar level, he would have already been promoted up. He would definitely be in the conversation for jobs like Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I think that just the culture in the Premier League is very, very different. And yeah. I think that clubs are a lot more conservative to take that kind of leap on yeah. a manager. So I think he might have to go abroad next. Not have to, but I think he would. I think it would be a really good move for him to do that. I'd like to see him do it wherever he, wherever he would or not. Benfica. I want Guardiola to go to Roma and Eddie Howe to go to Benfica. Yeah, well, the Englishman abroad. So yeah, I mean, Guardiola tends to stay at clubs for about three seasons. Mm. So perhaps a, a surprise or a shock move to Roma just from nowhere could actually be closer yeah. to the truth. We can expect Champions League managers to honour their contracts. I mean, look at Mourinho. I mean, he signed an extension and that obviously... <laughs> <laughs> that was clever. He, Mourinho, I hope he's all right. I hope he had a good Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we um, wrap up, I want to quickly mention Atletico Madrid who to my mind are just the most fascinating club in Europe because you I, don't know how them, I really do they fascinate me the more I think about them and we're talking about strengthening they're in a funny position because they're second in the Spanish league um, and they're not really clicking like they, they have, they're not scoring many goals hmm. they got a one all draw against Sevilla like you know free kick from Griezmann no one else has got more than I think two goals for them all season not great to watch Thomas Lamar has not really integrated yet. He's got a tough brief. You've got Sal Niguez, who's playing left back a lot of the time this year. They're, they're a kind of an odd assortment. Mm. And, you know, Diego Costa's come back from injury. No one's sure how he's going to look. There is, a, there is a team that actually has a lot more work to do than the league position appears. And they've still only lost one game mm. all season. So they're a really interesting side, I think. Their yeah. ceiling is... Uh... Um, quite a lot higher than um, yeah. perhaps we realise. Yeah, they're, they're letting uh, a lot of talk about Philippe, Felipe Luis and Godin leaving at the end of the season. It looks like Godin's going to Inter. Um, so, you know, a couple of mainstays there at the back, but they've got, a, you know, they've kind of been gradually transitioning to a, a different Whoever back takes four. over from them, from, from, from Simeone, has got to get a handle on things really quickly. Mm. because the squad they have, the players they have are really exciting. They've got a guy, Rodrigo, in midfield mm -hmm. who has yeah. been a revelation. So yeah, I just think, I'm just throwing them in because I think that we're talking about strengthening and that is a club that I think has got really exciting potential. Yeah. And I actually mentioned this you know, extensively. I was on La Liga TV. I don't know if I named dropped that oh. before. Yeah, I don't know if I named dropped yeah, that. Yeah, plug. <laughs> they gave a plug to Ravonna as well. Shout out to La Liga TV. Thank you for having me in Lee Road and thank you for getting me on there and talking Spanish football. Um, before we go, this is the first podcast of 2019. Right. Had a little break. Mm. You're feeling recharged, guys? You're feeling feeling fresh. I think fresh we've all been ill over the Christmas break, right? <laughs> yeah. I feel, like, I feel like the Christmas break did for me what Solskjaer has done for Manchester United. <laughs> well, it's all, been, it's all changed since we, uh, since we last podcasted. Absolutely revigorated. I'm ready to go. I'm very excited. I've oh, sent out more pictures. That Man United yeah. swagger is back. Yeah, I've, I've sent fan. out more pictures this week that I sent out the whole of last year. Wow. See, I, well, I thought you said pictures then. That was concerning me. <laughs> I've taken an absolute shellicking on this podcast. That's good. My again. confidence is so robust. It's mainly been from you to you. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why change? Good why change a again. good thing? Good to see um, you again, guys. <laughs> but yeah, before we do go, yeah. um, if you are listening on iTunes, please give us a rating and a review. Yes, it please. really helps kind yeah. of bump up the podcast. Actually, December was... Our best month so far. Um, oh, wow. um, you know, we had a quite a good month for us, but we're still, you know, so people are listening. People are listening. <laughs> More people listened in December than any other month so far. Oh, so that's, that's good. But uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who has supported the podcast so far. Please, please pass it on. And we're going to introduce some new stuff this year. 
a little bit of a rotational feature thing. Keep it keep it a little bit fresh. Just that. Um, and yeah, a if, you bit have, more. If, if any listeners have any ideas for things they want to hear, yeah, things that we should be discussing, please comment and uh, yeah, let's yeah. Know. And also, we'll kind of. I think we're gonna. I'm gonna pitch to set up an email so we can have a constant mailbag so people yes, can get in absolutely. touch instead of tweeting us. Yeah. But yeah, if you do, if you do have any anything to say about the podcast, tweet us at Rabonamag or yeah, what's Mooses at Okwonga. That's me. Michael at MJ Da Silva. Yep. And um, at Bad Gold Rai Rai. Yeah, let the side down there. With <laughs> <that terrible. laughs> All good. Well, so thank you once again for joining us. Michael, it's been a pleasure having you, you back. And Ryan as well. And our audience, you've been outstanding. Uh, so please uh, continue supporting. It's always great to have you with us. And yes, you can find us on all social media handles at Rabonamag. Take care till the next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.